Levi's House of Strauss. It's another episode of On-Site Podcast. If this is your first time listening, I tell you, man, go back and listen to the back catalogue, knowyourselfouthere.com. Bare episodes. We just come back, but there's bare episodes from before. You can subscribe as well and you can listen to them nice and early. You can listen or you can watch. You know what I'm saying? Myself, SK Vibe Maker in the building. And it would be so rude. I don't think I've done an episode with nobody in the building. That would be just <laughs> weird. You know what I'm saying? But today we have some very special guests. Summer Banton is in the building. Hello, hello. Terry Walker is here. <laughs> DJ Volatile. Good to be here. You know what I'm saying? So we've got two artists. You know, new school, Summer Banton, older school. Old school. Come Terry on, I'm owning, them, owning it. I love You're it. You're owning it. Old yeah, school. Yeah, old yeah. School. I love being old schools. Old school, but not musty or done. Ah! You know what I'm saying? Just like, <laughs> no, 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 I'm saying not. not musty. I'm saying not, <laughs> not musty and not done. And DJ Volatile, who is definitely a DJ specialist. You know what I'm saying? Mate, I'll own that. I'll take that. A lot I'll of people have said like a specialist in R&B and soul music. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So important. I'm having that. Would you say you're not an open format DJ? Because I feel like a lot of DJs just want to be open format, jack of all trades these days. <laughs> I think I think you're absolutely right. I think um, open format opens you to a lot of stuff, but there's a lot of stuff I don't like and I will not play just because <laughs> I, I just you. don't like it. I love um, I just want to, you know, I just want to play stuff that I love and yep. so I've stayed in this lane, you know? Mm. Lovely. And there's a lot of stuff I don't want to play, even though I'd say first and foremost, I'm hip hop, innit? Yeah. I'm hip hop first. I love R and B. I love reggae, dancehall. I like Afro beats, but hip hop is the vein that it comes from. And I feel like mm. I say the most important genres for me are like hip hop and dancehall because I have that vibe. Whatever I DJ, yeah, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So you know what I mean. We you got some things to talk about. Would you say style as well? Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah? You hip hop all day long. Do you think so? <laughs> Come on. Would you say yes? Okay, so with your style, what would you say your I'm style is? I'm a mixture of hip hop, soul. I'm, I'm a mixture of everything because I grew up in Germany, so hip hop was hip hop and soul and, and reggae was very very big over there. So and that's something that I just. But then I came to England, everyone was into their, um, you know, was it called champion and the different types of clothes and over mm -hmm. here. But in Germany, it was always very hip hop. So I want to start with you, Terry, because you're an artist who has released a lot of albums yeah. and has a deep history in this UK. R&B music. Do you know yeah. what I'm saying? Um, I, like You've had some great albums, man. Uh, some slept on albums as well, I'm going to say. Um, you've had major label deals. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Yep. You've performed on Top of the Pops. You've been nominated. Have you won any awards? No, no, I won an uh, Urban Music Award. Urban Music <laughs> yeah. Award. Yeah, I nominated same. for the Mercury Prize and the Mobos. And Trust me. Yeah. And I know that back in the day, Amy Winehouse used to always sing your praises. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I, I don't know if you lot were friends. Were you friends? Um, every time I saw her, she'd be like, I love you so much. Because she was a big fan of Most Def and obviously had a feature with Most Def. So. And she'd always be, um, she'd do interviews and she'd be like, why is Terry Walker not getting the shine? She'd want me to do, want me and her to do shows together. Mm -hmm. But her, her people never used to want to make it happen. So... But, you know, I just love the fact that she, she got it. And that's all, I, that's all I needed from her, you mm -hmm. know. So the respect was there. So, Summer, you are a new school yes, artist, you know what I'm saying? And people yeah. would definitely put you into, like, maybe the categorization of UK R&B. Yes. Are you comfortable with that pocket there? Um, I'd say yes, definitely. Like, when I describe, like, my sound to people who ask about it, um, like, I say, obviously, it's it's UK. So it's, like, influenced by all the stuff that I've, like all the UK music that I listen to. So like Amy Winehouse was one of my mm. main inspirations and influences. But then like, I feel like there's a like a new movement coming through of like all the people that also like 
me, like I listen to a lot of like Janae Aiko mm. and stuff like that. So it's the American influence, but like the UK take on it, I guess. Mm. Oh. So um, that's sort of like where my sound is sort of stemmed from, mixture of both. So yeah. I don't know if Banton is your real name. I feel it like is. in an interview before. Yeah, because I, I, I swear we covered this in yeah, the interview that we had before. Asked me Banton, this as well. real name, real surname. Real surname, Banton. You know what I'm saying? Because like, obviously people associate that with Budja Banton, yes. you know what I mean? All the reggae the dancehall artist. Yeah. Are you related? That's no, what you I, I literally name, tell everyone I am. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, he's my uncle, he's my cousin. Yeah, like, he's a great guy. Marching. I love that. I don't know him from anywhere, but yeah. Trust me. So, oh. Volatile, I mean, being an R&B <laughs> DJ has many a times got like. Um, R&B is a genre that loads of people share from but maybe don't want to give it its like mm. total credit. So being like an R&B DJ, is that the thing right about now? Because UK Joe's popping, Afrobeats is popping, but you're, UK R&B, you're an R&B, not UK, you're an R&B DJ. Yeah, so R&B is in a really interesting place um, when, it, when it comes to DJing. So for example... There's, it's multifaceted, right? So I could be in the clubs, right? R&B is on its knees, mate. Mm. That's the truth, mm. right? You'll know this. We play in nightclubs, right? Mm -hmm. R&B-wise, there might be two records from the last year that I can play in the club. Like there might be a Chris Brown record. There's a couple of bits, right? Mm -hmm. But there's endless drill and Afro beats and Afro swing and uh, dancehall and hip-hop. Endless, right? You could, you could do a whole night playing just drill. But R&B, not so much, right? Mm -hmm. But in the same way, R&B is at the top of its game outside of the nightclub. Oh. And it's, there's so much, the plethora, a smorgasbord of beautiful music and new artists that are coming out because they can come out. You don't need a major label. Just make your music and put it out. There is so much music and so many artists. So in a weird way, it's both zero and 100 at the moment. Mm -hmm. uh, but certainly in a nightclub, it's few and far between the records that are actually going to get huge reactions and not much of it is UK. There's a few US artists, but mm -hmm. like I said, outside the clubs, oh man, it's so healthy. The healthiest mm -hmm. it's ever been probably. Straight up. Now, I've been criticised for not doing intros properly on the podcast, so I really wanted to give the beginning of this podcast episode today the opportunity for all you guys to let people know who you are a little bit, even though they're going to find out a bit more during the conversation, because sometimes I just assume that people might just know who you guys are. But I feel like it's a bit of that which is important, but also what we're going to discuss during the podcast episode. So, you know what I'm saying? I've got some small talk for you, though. I've got some small talk still. That's what I usually do at the, the beginning of the podcast. You know, like, there was something that I saw recently about, um, I don't know where it was being spoken, but teachers sort of saying to pupils, you're never going to amount to nothing. And like, I feel like being a rap fan over the years, there's always been rappers that have spoken about, oh, back in the day, the teacher said, I wouldn't amount to nothing. Now look at me. I could ride past in my nice car and this, this teacher's like maybe just walking down the road or catching the bus or on public transport. Basically like them being able to turn around later and say, I've, I've become something. Do you know what I'm saying? Whenever I hear that, I often think to myself, is this the rapper lying? Or are they like sort of fabricating the actual story from back in the day? Because when I was in school, yeah, like I don't feel like any of the teachers told any of the pupils, you're never going to be anything. You're going to be a waste, man. You know what I'm saying? I don't know if any of you lot ever witnessed that when you was in school, college, uni or what. I feel like maybe sometimes there's an energy, but not the teacher actually telling you. Maybe there are, these are one of the things that was maybe a bit more acceptable in yesteryear, prior decade, but a teacher could never do that now. Nah. 
you know what I'm saying? Like, so did you ever witness that? Like a teacher telling a student or were you ever a pupil in school told, you're never going to amount to nothing. You're going to be unemployed. You're going to be a bum or something like that. Terry. Why are you coming to me? <laughs> no, do you know what? No, I've never. No, but to be fair, it was more family that would tell you things like that. Do you mm. mean more friends and family? Because when a family, people that are closest to you tell you those kind of things. Yeah. But I teach you, no, never. But then the thing is, also my focus was once I knew that I wanted to sing, that was the only thing that I focused on. So I didn't really care what anyone said to me, to be honest. So mm-hmm. I didn't really have that, no. Did you ever see something like that summer? No. Like, I think the worst I experienced was, like, my French teacher just, like, hated me and just used to pick on me and say, Summer, read from the book and stuff like that. But no, like, never. Like, I... I, I and also, like, like in more, like, modern times or whatever, like, I just feel like, obviously, they couldn't say that now. Obviously, yeah. they got to consider, like, the mental health and yeah. all the other aspects, so they could never. Mm, yeah. Volatile. Mate, no teacher has ever been interested enough in me. Oh. To, no, I don't mean that. In an, in an individual person to sit them down and go, you can't be this or you can't be that. It's just mm. too dramatic. It's too movie-ish. Do you know what I mean? I think mm. I think that they would uh, secretly, when they go home, they might go, oh, that kid's bright or that kid's mm-hmm. not so much. And they might talk to their partner. I can't imagine for a minute someone actually coming out to me and saying, do you know what? You're going to be... Maybe not you, but let, let's not get it twisted. There have been, in the history of mankind, teachers that have told pupils, yeah. you're never going to amount to nothing. We might not have heard it, yeah. but surely out there that's happened before. Certainly, I just don't fa- feel certainly like family. Yeah, but family, yeah, family, yeah. family will tell me all day. Well, rap. Rappers <laughs> always rap about it, though. This is why I'm here thinking about it today because I don't feel like I ever witnessed it or saw yeah, it, and yeah. I definitely weren't told it. Yeah, yeah, but, but I was a good pupil. I feel. I like, think anyway. it depends on the individual. As well, if you're the kind of person that was just causing havoc in the, in the classroom, probably the teacher would be like, "Listen, if you don't stop this, you're going to end up being this way." Do you know what I mean, maybe like that. But um, I don't think. Well, I mean, as I said, I've never experienced yeah. it. So. Mm, uh, I've never went back to my school. I feel like I I should have <laughs> one day and saw my teacher. You know, what I mean, I had a, I had a teacher, um, a form tutor that was was a good teacher, man. Yeah. That was in, inspirational still, and I, f- I feel like I should have gone back and seen her one day. But she's not in the school anymore, so yeah. I don't know how I'd ever find her. I feel like another weird thing back in the day, like I make it sound like it was such a long time ago. It <laughs> wasn't even that long ago, but like we never knew teachers' first names. Yeah, but nowadays, a lot of like pupils refer to their teachers as like Gareth. <laughs> like, <laughs> Barry, is that do you know thing? what I'm saying? Is it really? Yeah, they do. They either refer to them or they know their yeah, teacher's yeah, yeah. first name. I never, ever knew none of my teacher's no, yeah. first yeah. name. You couldn't get away with that. If you, if Ford, you uttered their Lonnie. first name, the looks you would get. You I feel like you there, might even get a detention. Yeah, yeah there was a separation, yeah. right? Yeah. And even, bro, do you remember the, the staff room? Like the teachers had a staff room yeah, or whatever. Yeah. You couldn't even peer in there, man. Yeah. That was like Narnia. I like you. Like it's like there was no, some some sort of amazing thing going on yeah. in there, but there wasn't. Yeah. Really, they were just drinking coffee yeah, or whatever. Yeah. But or, or maybe even smoking. Or did, yeah, or doing something dutting his behind the Is that what's going on in your school? No, I went to boarding school, so no. Oh my god. Oh, say nothing, say nothing. <laughs> you was a bad dude, that's why you went to boarding no, school. No. Or you was either bad or you was rich. No, what it was, I, when I moved to Germany from the age of four until I was eight, um no, till I was eighteen, but but what happened is when I was in Germany I was a bit naughty. Yeah, I was a bit naughty to be fair. But then my mum sent me back to England, but I, I could only go back to England if I went to boarding school, but I was still living in Germany, so that's the only reason. But can you speak German? Yeah, I speak it. Oh. We do this every time. No, we don't. You speak no, in another, none of the interviews that we've I done have you have spoken German. No, time. you are getting me mistaken for another light skin guy. A, I know rinse. I have a very generic look, but no. When we've done rinse and we've done review, we've, 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 we've asked, you asked me the same question. No, and not I said, me. Yeah, it was no. you. Let's go back and listen back to it. We'll go back because I have all of my interviews and that documented. 
No, I've never made you speak German. I remember not speak, but you asked me this question. And, and I say yes, I can So speak how would German. you say I'm a buffting in German? Ich bin ein buffting. Yeah? yeah? Say again? Ich bin ein buffting. Ich what? <laughs> ich bin ein buffting. Ich bin ein buffting. Ich bin ein, ich bin ein buffting. Oh, that's bare stuff. <laughs> that's bare stuff. Can you speak German, someone? Not at all. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> I was Maybe I might around. go back to my school and speak German to them. But do you know the maddest things? I didn't even learn German in school. I learned French. Yeah. And I Everyone can't speak French. any French anyway. Do you know what I'm saying? But I feel like if I went back to my school, I don't even want to say this with chess yet, but... My teacher never said I was going to amount to nothing, but I was a good pupil. And I feel like I'd be proud if I went back to my school. Yeah, I've gone, I've spoken at colleges and like, like um, educational institutions before, like inspiring people to get into podcasting and yeah. interviews and presenting and all that kind of stuff. I never went back to my school and spoke. And I feel like if I did, I kind of, I feel like they'd be like, yo, they we'll wouldn't say SK. Yeah. They wouldn't refer to me as SK. That's not my name on my birth certificate. Aww. But they say, you've done all right though, Mr. Clark. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, li I like that angle, bro, because you started the you started that conversation with, uh, you know, teachers saying that you're not going to amount to nothing, and then the flip side of that, people uh, make a bunch of money or they do well, and then they go back, and it's almost like, yeah, see, middle finger. Yeah. But but you're more like uh, happy to go back and say yeah. thank you, yeah. and yeah. and so you you've kind of approached it from a more positive angle, and yeah. I love that. You didn't even realize you did that. Did you think I was going to be? I'm not negative. I'm positive. You no, know. I love that. I like to think I'm positive more time. Know yourself out here, yeah. <laughs> trust me, <laughs> trust me. But yeah, man, I'll go back to my school in Edmonton one day and like maybe mm. I don't know if any teachers are still there though. I feel like the teachers have changed up, man. Probably. It's mm. like that though. It's like that, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. You can Done find them now and give you them a little thank you, man. Yeah. I don't know. Find finding your teacher though. Bro, really? Facebook, man. Like, yeah. If you don't know your teacher's name, how are you going to find them on Facebook? Exactly. Right? You know the surname? And then you just know when they, when they used to be there. Don't know the years that I they feel were like there. I've tried before though. I feel like should, if you want to say thank you to someone, you should. Because are you are you lot on Facebook or, or with your real name? Yeah, I, I am. No. Nope. Okay. Oh yeah, you are. Yeah, you are. Because yeah. contrary to popular belief, your real name is not Terry Walker, <laughs> is it? <laughs> well, my stepdad, my, my my real dad's um surname was was Walker, but my stepdad's name was German. So yeah. Straight up. Yeah. Are you on there? Have you still? Have you, saw, no, have you even got Facebook? I've got. Yeah, I have got Facebook, but I it's not my. It's like my middle name, which I oh. won't reveal because then I you'll find it. That, Straight up. Yeah. On site podcast, SK Vibe Maker, Summer Bantons in the building, Terry Walker's here, DJ Volatile. Is it volatile because you're a volatile character? Yeah, yeah. I was when I was named. Okay. Oh, really? I, I, it is the least, it is so far from the truth now, but you can't change it. It's once it's there, it's there. It was given to me when I started out and I was very volatile. I was mm. very quick to anger, quick to, I was, as a kid, I was. I was awful, mate. Was you in a gang or anything like that? Nah. <laughs> you frowned. <laughs> Nothing that. That was a mad even question me nah, even asking. It, um, still, it wasn't that. I was just. I was just. It was the perfect word then. It isn't now. But you can't. You just can't change it. So when people meet me now, they go, "But you're lovely." And uh, and I go, I go. I was, it just is what it is. You just yeah. can't change it. Once it's there, it's there. Mm. I wanted to speak about the exploitation of the black female. Mm. I mean, it's a big title, or le let's just call it exploitation. And then under it, we could talk about black females in the yeah, music industry. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Because I feel like whether these black female artists realise it or not, mm. I feel like there is exploitation happening. This isn't coming from, I don't know, man, I've got sisters. Maybe, I don't know if I'm being too protective of the black female. But when I think about like some of the biggest female artists that DJs are playing, that are popping in the club, that are on your TV screen, that are on the billboards. I'm thinking Megan Thee Stallion, Cardi B. Mm. I'm thinking Chensia. I'm thinking Nicki Minaj. I'm thinking Miss Banks. I'm thinking Steph London. Mm. 
And when I think about their contemporaries, is that the right word? Or their counterparts, which are not of black skin, black colour. I don't know if there are, if there are like the same type of artists. Like when I think of like Olivia Rodrigo or like Taylor Swift or Dua Lipa, I don't think of any kind of rawness in their lyricism or their image. But you just have to listen to like Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion on Lick and you're hearing lines that you will never hear come out of Taylor Swift or Olivia Rodrigo or what's Billie Eilish is his mouth. So I'm wondering, is it... And I, I know all of these artists that I've mentioned, the black females, they want to do what they're doing. I don't feel like they're being forced. But is there some Jedi mind tricks going here? Do they feel like they have to do this? I know it's been going on. But if we want to reach for the other side, we're reaching because we can't find the contemporaries. Is that the right word? What do you think, Terry? I'm going well, to you well, first. Well, as a, as a, as a, well, we've, we've had this conversation off air before. I think it had this has been happening. For, I remember growing up, my sister was the biggest little Kim fan to the point she had she had a tattoo tattooed on her on her leg. She's actually got rid of it now. I remember, and I grew up listening to a lot of Whitney Houston. And to me, at the time, obviously Whitney Houston was before Little Kim and that. But my the people that I looked up to and I was still always into was always positive. I was into my Desirees. I was into people, anyone that was talking something positive. My sister was into anyone that was talking any nonsense that was not say nonsense, but you know the dirty outrageous stuff. But then it got to a point when she got older and she started to realize like you know finding a man being taken seriously. It was a thing of where it's, it's great that it's cool, it's cool to be that person. But eventually, when you grow up, you kind of think, oh, this is maybe not who I, you know, who I should be if I really want to be taken seriously. So, it gets to the point now though when I when I see all these new new artists coming out, the history repeats itself. So you've seen it happen before. So I think a lot of these girls now they choose to do it because they want to do it and because how they see they think it's cooler. But and why I, is it the black females that are doing it and not maybe the white female artists that are doing it? Because they haven't because they haven't had anyone else that that, really, that they can really maybe compare them to. Madonna's probably the only one. She's not even as as outrageous as those. Madonna's probably the most outrageous maybe white white female, female rapper in the whole history. Well, not even rapper, but just as an artist that's yeah. out there naked doing crazy stuff. Then and then Gaga came after that, and then you know mm. and so. It's not the same, but for us, it is Little Kim. It is um, Foxy Brown. Why though? It's the culture. Look at look at Jamaican culture. Look at the dancehall culture. Look at the people that are, I don't know. It's just a culture thing that we've like, we've been. Used to. It's us. We direct it. If we when we had Whitney Houston, everybody wanted to be Whitney Houston. When when we had Desiree at one point, everyone wanted to be like Desiree. But when we have someone that is um is doing well out there, everyone wants to be that person. So it's down to that individual. So again with music it's business so as long as they're making money that's what they're going with if they're not making their money they're not going to go with that so it's down to us to to support certain things and stop waiting for other people to give us you know permission to do something different because if we like something then we have to say that we like it so. whether it's a choice or not though whether it's mm. the artist's choice or not are these artists getting exploited though that's what i'm really wondering no, I don't what, think do, so. what do we think volatile <laughs> if we well if we took well we talk about the the word exploitation right in the music industry full stop artists mm. full stop have been exploited in the music industry forever yeah right so i mean we can look at we can look at prince and yes. we can look at if we go back to uh black artists and hip-hop and soul and r&b a tlc are a really good example oh God, yeah. of of a group that were literally at the top of their game the hot thing yeah selling out selling records and selling out stadiums but not making a penny out of it because mm -hmm. they signed some rogue deal i can't remember the details but some awful it's deal awful with the label yeah, right yeah, um so you go back to stuff like that and you see that the exploitation has has always been there in the music industry full stop mm. i think this hyper sexualization in the industry 
um, for black female artists, that's something slightly different than just being exploited by the label. But is it necessary for the black female artist to hypersexualize, to, to uh, gain any kind of, not just success, but big commercial success? And why? That's the question. Why? Are they doing it because everybody's doing it? And then your comparison with white, art, white, white artists there is something that, you, yeah, that really needs to be spoken about. I, I think Put this P right in your face, swipe it like a credit card. Yeah. You I, know the but lyric, I, innit? Yeah. <laughs> but you know I think they're doing it as well for them to, 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 to say that they're in control. We can do what the hell we want. Because that's what the black people has always kind of been in having to wait for other people to give them permission to be on stage. So now it's like, listen, motherfuckers, we can do what the fuck mm. we want. We can say what we want. And that's why it's not this exploitation. It's them saying, it's like K-pop right now. Listen, nigga, motherfucker, da, 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 they're owning their shit. So, but to the point, it's so outrageous that they can do whatever they want, and they're getting their own audience. And people, the outside world, they're just always just they're they're, they're looking to be shocked. They're looking to be amazed. They're looking to be wow, didn't it? And this is what those girls are doing. The more outrageous they are, the more people are gonna be like, oh, what the hell did you just say? That's what it is. I don't think it's exploitation. It's more about mm. trying to hit a nerve with people. So, why do you feel like your white female counterparts don't also want to shock the world and? and get real ratchet and raunchy with it then summer i think just like what terry said i just feel like they don't have to like it's a different it's like a different league like they can just like for example Billie eilish like especially with like the hypersexualization thing like she's super tomboy like literally baggy clothes and like i feel like she did it intentionally as well so she wasn't put in like that category but i don't i don't really get why it's different for like black females and white females but the whole hypersexualizing, like I do feel like in, it's it's more directed towards black females in the industry. Could there could there be a is there a a black female artist coming through in that space? You know that tomboy Billie mm. Eilish. Is there one, and could there be one? Yeah, there could be there could be anything we want it to be. But the thing is, especially with black people, and because I'm black, obviously, <laughs> we 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 find things boring quickly. Are you like if it's food? Oh, they know they never seasoned the fish properly. The chicken dry. So <laughs> you mean we need that extra spice on there. So a white girl could come out and have a bland, you know, bland something, and it'd be, it would still sell because she's got an audience. Black people were so hard to please. So if we're not coming out with something that's gonna make us go, what? What the shit? That's that lot. God, we're gonna listen to that. That's what's happening. And I think it's us. So we, you're saying black people like controversy? Of course we do. But it's not that the, the maddest thing is that we could actually argue and maybe research and think that, right, is is Shensia, Megan Thee Stallion, Cardi B, is their biggest audience their, the people that look like them? Or is it not? People you know what I'm saying? Like so that, that's where maybe the exploitation like comes in. Mm. No, but I think that because remember how many girls are trying to be the next Megan Thee Stallion, they're trying to be the next Nicki Minaj. They're all, that's why everyone's dressing up like them and mm. acting like uh, them. Are, are black artists... Uh, female artists sort of pitted against each other to the point where they think so. there's only room for one of us. Because if we, we look back at so. Tupac and Biggie, and <coughs> well, if you look at um, Lil' Kim and Foxy Brown days, mm-hmm. it was almost like it's it's me or you that's yeah. going to succeed. And and it, it, there was always there was always a question, are you Lil' Kim or are you Foxy? But well, you couldn't be both, right? Uh, yeah. You couldn't be a fan that's of both. That's very true. Uh, East Coast, West Coast, all that stuff. Yeah. Is that a thing? I don't think that exists in the, the kind of the white spaces where you yeah. have to choose between. And I don't know, well, maybe that's that, something. actually, because when, when, when Madonna came out, though, because mm. when Madonna and Britney, there was always Britney and, there's, oh, yeah. and Lady Gaga. Remember how there was a big thing she didn't really like them coming out at first and then she always got something against them because remember when it comes to when, when it comes to being that powerful and just being the one that's so outrageous you feel like no i can be the uh, i can only be the only one that can do that and mm. i think it's the same in um yeah. black females i think but i think remember, remember when when um little kim 
and the whole um, the whole Nicki Minaj thing was happening. Yeah. Remember, I went one day. I was I was on the internet and I, I went down this rabbit hole because I was thinking, how did this all start? And it turns out that little Kim, no, that 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 that, um, that Nicki Minaj was the one that started it because she was throwing that little pebbles and then I think little Kim was trying to embrace her, but mm. she was basically trying to take over her spot. And she ended up, you know, she practically did did did, did, did like the same photo shoots mm. and everything. But then somehow it ended up being, oh, little Kim is jealous of me. And it's like, no, she she was never jealous of. You. She did it before you. How could she be jealous of you? Mm. She started this. Do you know what mm. I mean? So this is when you pay attention to it. A lot of it's there for you to see. Is that people only want to. And the more successful you are, the more people just think, oh, that person's just hating. So I think there's always been room for everyone if you want like, it to be. Yeah. I just want to say on record, I love all of these artists that I just mentioned do. as well. Like um, Doja Cat, Megan Thee Stallion, Shen Sia, like Nicki Minaj. I like all of them. Cardi B. But I just want to know, is there a white female artist that is maybe singing that says... I love it when you finger me. What's like the opening line on Shen Sia's foreplay. I'm just wondering why though. Like, I'm, like this, though? Is, this is, is no, no, but, but <laughs> Sorry. whether we want to debate whether it's okay or not, I'm just wondering why like there aren't the white female what counterparts. And I'm asking this not to like sort of be like on some dig these artists out. Like I am genuinely wondering why the black female artists are overly sexualized and I'm wondering if they are being exploited. I am asking this question genuinely because I don't know the answer. I think if there could be a white artist that, that, that could do that, they would be, but there hasn't been one that is, even stands close to that. So that's why yeah. they have And also, remember what's the one that is the one that was from Australia? The blonde, what's her name? Uh, Iggy Azalea. 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 She tried. I remember after a while, I was like, it, she came and she went. But look, 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 but, but again, We've mentioned a few names yet, and mm. it's a reach, though. You've mentioned Iggy Azalea, yeah. Madonna, who was, her career started in the 80s, um, Lady Gaga, who was in her pomp, like, over a decade ago, mm. and, like, who else? Like, we're, we're really trying to reach to find these artists. Mm. It's a handful mm. of these artists mm. that we could even mention against. Yeah, whereas uh, uh, contemporary, and conversely, there's... there's there's, I mean, Cardi B's borderline porn. Yeah, like, mm. they all so, are. Some yeah, of the yeah. lyrics are, are just like... It's mad, they all are. Bruv, like... And there were strippers before, remember? Half of them, they were strippers before. So mm. this is what they've been doing. That and there's a lot them. of names I'm not even mentioned if you want to even mm. go further, like City Girls, Sweetie. Oh, yeah, yeah. Do you know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there you go. Boy. And we like it. But is it the fact that we like it that they make more? But I d- I'm, just, I'm just saying, I can, can, can white female artists not do it then like if they do it would it be like oh like but it's not megan or it's not cardi or is it just they choose not to or they don't have to well they don't have to but also like do, does cardi b megan and shensia do they feel like they need to do that otherwise they won't be able to be as popular but you know i also think that they haven't had the same struggle i think black female for them to even sometimes be able to being a white woman but maybe i think going through I mean, I can't speak for white women because I'm mm-hmm. not white. So this is the thing. I can only speak for what I see for black females. Remember, as I said, Cardi B, when you think about how she started out in the, in, in, in um, hip-hop, what's it called? Love and hip-hop. Love and hip-hop. Yeah, yeah. Love Reality and hip-hop. TV show. And she's a completely different person to who she is now. Once she, once she realised, because remember, she was really popular there, but once she realised her power, she went overboard with it. And she just knew her. So she exploited herself. Do you know what I'm saying? She's, she knew what she can do. 
with, with, with you know, once she once she went in, she knew what she could do. And this is an important so thing I, I need to stress as well: whether they are exploiting themselves yeah. or they are being exploited by the label. It, it, there's no. exploitation there, mm. and why the why are, why is there this exploitation? Yeah. And also, it's a fantasy for a lot of people as well. It's taking people in a place where oh my god, it's taking them somewhere different, and they know that everything when it comes to art half time is for us to make people feel feel different and make them feel something and take them somewhere else in it when we listen to music and when we even when you watch a movie that's what it's about it's not me swallow me drip down the side (laughs) of me (laughs) you know what i'm saying i'm like there you go (laughs) see there you go it's it's, it's a fantasy because remember i grew up in germany the sex industry over there is 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 legal for to have brothels it's legal to to, like sex it's just so over here you talk about sex like oh my god you can't talk about those things it's just normal Mm. so i think for me i'm not really that shocked by it anymore you know you you decide what you want to do the shock factor. Yeah, it's the shock factor. And it shall continue. And maybe we might look back at this conversation in maybe a couple of years' time and there's some mad ratchet white female <laughs> yeah. R&B artist yeah. or female rapper out here done in it. Maybe not even just one, maybe a few. Because like we said, there was Iggy Azalea and I feel like her like it was light and it blew out quickly because she kept making some really stupid comments about yeah, things like that's being, that's a big yeah, part of it. like being a white being a white slave owner and all that oh kind of stuff gosh. i remember thinking that was that's the be stuff shocking. that cancelled her not there so you go. is she cancelled do you think yeah i yeah. think so after you said so and also she wasn't that great anyway I don't think no she was yeah good. exactly she it wasn't rubbish. like some high level of talent she wasn't that mm. she wasn't here's the thing maybe there's stuff we don't see maybe there's a studio somewhere similar to this yeah and there's a white artist somewhere yeah and she goes right I'm going to go in. You lot ready? And then she comes out with some stuff and the producer goes, oh, this might not be for you. Maybe tone <laughs> it down. Like you don't, you don't yeah, know. You don't know. I mean, Maybe yeah. they're trying to put it down and they're like, listen, you're not going to exist in this space. Mm. So does that hark more to the exploitation then that they're no, only so allowing? People, no, because a lot of people, I don't think a lot of people put in, Remember, you have to put the work in for this as well. So I'm like, when you think about Eminem, Eminem, okay, obviously that's not a female, but look look how he just managed to kind of come through. But when, right now, he's probably not as relevant as he used to be. Mm. But when he first came out, supported by Dr. Dre, I mean, the perspective or the relevance is, um, it's a lot to say right there because Eminem is outselling a lot of um, artists mm, half his age. Oh, is and, he and also, let's not get it twisted, Eminem, we're moving on a little bit from, we're like deviating a little bit, but rock star status though, at but the age in your, late, in, your, in, your, in your late 40s and you're still out here doing major shows and selling records, But I'm sorry, the audiences records, nowadays, they music, don't care streaming. about music as much as we used to back in the day. You could put out any nonsense and people would be like, oh my God, this is amazing. Yeah, but then anybody could then. Huh? But there's no. other artists at his age that ain't selling. No, no, no. No, but I think he already has a certain platform and base. He's, yeah. like, he's, the, he's the blueprint, isn't it, for most of those um, artists that, like, that do what he did first, isn't it? So he's always going to be very... It's like, like Whoopi like, Whoopi, like Whoopi Goldberg is always going to be relevant because she, she gave us Blowing Hill. She did Sister Act too. She's the first black female that you see with dreads and doing... You know I'm saying there's certain people that are always going to be there no matter what. So I think Eminem's always going to be there. Mm. <laughs> like I said, I asked this question because it was genuine. Like I didn't have the answers. And we're talking about exploitation of black female artists and black female rappers mm. that are very raunchy, hypersexualized, and I just can't see their white female counterparts because I just don't know if I'm going to hear Olivia Rodrigo or Billie Eilish saying, gobble me, swallow me, drip down the side of me. Do you know what I'm saying? And if I did hear it, 
I just don't think I'm going to hear it anytime but you soon. Now because it's already happened now. So if they did do it, it's like them copying it. So why would you hear it now? No, but then, but then, uh, no, they don't have to be copying because we're not saying that, like. Um, but that's not Billie Eilish's lane exactly. either. Exactly. Right? So what is she in, start doing? In, in the same way, you might have a like a you know an R and B artist or a rapper that doesn't do that. Dua Lipa's a bit raunchy though, but she don't get that raw though. She doesn't. Yeah, raunchy. she's trying. She's, raunchy. she's a bit like. Um, ah, okay, when, like we, when fun, we're talking man. about, she's, yeah, she's fine. But when she's we're talking about the sexualization, she 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 sexualized, but she. Just not as yeah. sexualized. Yeah. She's a little like if anything, she's a PG. Yeah. yeah, and you know what I'm saying, and Cardi B and Megan and them, they're 18 triple X. Yeah. <laughs> but remember, they're strippers. Literally, they were doing that from before. Regardless, yeah. though, Shensia weren't a stripper. But she's a dancehall artist, and that's what isn't she having spice? That's what they're about in it. But they're pum pum pum. Sweetie weren't a stripper or a dancehall artist. Sweetie. Yeah, but then she probably just got into her lane and then started thinking this is what works for me. This and is and also, they're looking at everybody else that's doing well go, and going, yeah. and then go. and the, the dancehall stuff is like deep in the culture, yeah. that, that style of dancing in particular. Yep. And they're just looking at it going, well, I want to succeed, so let me just walk down yeah, this way. I don't yeah. know. Is that right? I don't yeah, know. I, mean, I think so. I can, we can, I can only go by what I see with them. I don't really know, but um, yeah. <laughs> Again, man, I just have to say, I wonder if I'm being too protective of black female artists. If I'm, you know, just the fact that I wanted to talk about this today. But were you I might protective over Little Kim and then people when they came up back then? But obviously, like, we're talking about perspective now. I feel like I'm no, older I'm now. No, 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 I feel like I'm older now. Like, yeah. when Little Kim and Foxy was out here, they were just like older women doing mad stuff. And I was <laughs> like, you know, like the naughty, like, younger guy that like, wanted to maybe look at porn and stuff. Like, yeah. yeah, when you're younger. But then when you get a bit older and maybe you've got, like, sisters your and age kids, or you've yeah. got younger people in your family, it's all perspective in it like not to say like it's on a dad vibe and all that kind of thing but you just you're older now and you're really you're understanding what you're seeing like there was a lot of things that we consumed when we was younger and we yeah. just didn't understand it yeah. but then when you get a bit older you understand it and then that's when you start asking questions yeah. forming opinions and then understanding what the hell's going on so it's going in cycles then because the younger generation now are doing what you did before yeah you of course they are of course they are and yeah. they'll get to a stage now when when they'll get to a stage when they probably yeah, start yeah. questioning yeah. it as yeah. well i'd love to hear it from the artists themselves if yeah. you ask that question maybe maybe not now when they're tied to the label that's selling their music they're not going to tell you yeah man i'm exploited but in the same way after it's all said and done a lot of artists have come out after they've broken from that label and said yeah man they were we didn't want to do that we didn't want to wear that and they make that has happened down the particularly with um groups and boy bands in particular mm. boy bands have come out and said we didn't want to do that mm. why did we do that why did they make us sing that why did we do that cover yeah but it's all right them saying it after but yeah. after they've had the ex- success yeah, that's how i feel that's how i feel shut up i think back in the day the way history was yes i don't think you had no choice nowadays people you can have your own platform you don't even need a label mm. you can make your own you can make your whole own scene happen and the label only come on board nowadays because they could because they know that, 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 that they can make money with you and you if you're a white business person knows that yes this makes sense I don't think anyone these days has really exploited how they were back in the day. All right, Terry, let me ask you this, man. Your experience, like a few mm. decades in this music industry here in the UK, maybe mm. seeing it from a different perspective. Because yeah. a lot of the artists that we mentioned um, before are international, you know, Cardi B, Megan Thee Stallion yeah. and that. Like, they're from over the other side, America, Shinsia, Jamaica, you know what I'm saying? They're not from the UK. Yeah. But, you know, the decades you've served in the game, major label, um, you've been signed to, you've had a lot of experience being around a lot of, like, industry heads. Do yeah. you feel like a lot of artists do get exploited. Like, you're not a rapper yourself, but do you see... Do you know what? This day and age, I'm telling you, only because I know the, the difference of being in it from back in the day when you literally had no platform, you had to rely on everyone else giving you a chance to be heard, be it radio, be it, be it, um, um, you know, articles, whatever else. 
nowadays you don't have that. Like when you think about Stormzy's um, how Stormzy got into it. I mean, like, from what I from what I saw, I know he started his movement first and everyone jumps on board. If you don't have a strong movement and foundation first, you're not getting anywhere anyway. It doesn't matter because no label signing you now if just because you're good. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? No one signs you just because you're you're a good singer and you look cute. They sign you because you have a movement behind you. And if you have any kind of sense for you to get to that movement, you already kind of were kind of business savvy. Mm-hmm. And knew what he was doing, so you can't exploit anyone these days unless mm. they want to be exploited. I think personally, these days, this day and age, I don't think you can. As a new artist, summer, uh, <laughs> are you very wary of this? Like, is it something that's at the forefront of your mind? Like, I'm going to make sure that I'm not exploited. I mean, there's a lot of new artists that come in the game and say, I just want to get a big record deal. Yeah. I want to make sure I get to do what I want to do. Mm-hmm. I want to make sure I've got creative yeah. control and all that. But <clears throat> is is it something at the forefront for you as a young black female artist that I don't want to be exploited? Um, I think in terms of like, you know, like owning your music or like owning your creative direction, it's something that I definitely want to have control over. So like, that's definitely at the forefront of my mind. And I think like what Terry said, like, now you can like build your own fan base. There's so many other access points other than like labels, for example. So I think it's, it's less of a chance because you can have more like power over like yourself or the direction that you go in. So it is something that, like, if I was to, like, get involved in, like, with a major label or they were to approach me, I would bear in mind because, obviously, I want to be able to have, like, creative control and stuff. So, yeah, it's something that I do think Love about. Straight oh, up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're making me happy right uh-huh. now. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> there you go. On-site podcast, SK Vibe Maker, Summer Banton's in the building, Terror Walker's here, DJ Volatile. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Some people just want to be called like not maybe with the DJ. I'm not DJ SK Vibe Maker. Mm. I'm just SK Vibe Maker. SK. Is it is it DJ Volatile I'm, that you I'm, like? I, I am a DJ, so I'm cool with it. <laughs> but yeah, Volatile's fine. Or Pav, my real name is fine as well. Oh. I'm not, real name I'm, out there. I'm cool, man. I'm cool mm. with everything. It's, cool. it's just me and it. Say nothing. Real things. You know, I was going through Twitter like you do. I like Twitter. I've said this various times on the um, podcast right here. Do you guys like Twitter? Sometimes. I love it and I hate it. I'm more Instagram, to be honest. You're more, more IG? I throw things on Twitter and then I forget about it. But Instagram, I'm like... <laughs> Are you a Twitter head, Summer? I'm just a retweeter. Just a retweeter. <laughs> I don't really... I, I can't just do Twitter. Like, I just like to to observe so what i saw on the the twitter you know i'm saying um, recently was selena gomez singer and actress has said that she hasn't been on the internet for four and a half years four and a half years it had me thinking about is that more an inconvenience than something that is good for your um your well-being because if you're not in the in if you're not on the internet that restricts like your shopping, that restricts like you, um, many things. I can't even check the weather. You de- you definitely can't do any social media. Do you know what I'm saying? So I'm trying to think what's the most important thing for me that I like to do online, being on the internet. I don't know if she said that. I haven't used the internet for four and a half years and she's just got somebody else doing it for mm-hmm. her and looking over the shows. But I don't think that's the point that she meant. She's saying it's the happiest that she's ever been yeah. four and a half years without the internet. That means you can't do no online shopping. You can't do no social media. You can't check up on your ex-boyfriend, <laughs> ex-partner, ex-girlfriend, well, whatever. You know what I'm saying? Four and a half years without the internet. I mean, no, I think for her though, because remember she was with, with, with Justin Bieber and that whole, for her, she, Justin Bieber is the internet. So probably that's the reason why yeah. she came off the internet. For her sanity, think about mm. it. You can't just be watching that all the time. Yeah, all the time. Yeah. And every, and every time anything she does So you're saying she came off there so she didn't have to see her ex? 
I think so. Because remember that, apparently when I, when I saw something, because I don't really follow her like that, but what I saw, she, she made one song about she's kind of finally over him or something, innit? And I think it was because, you think of Danica Mamma got married, he still, yeah. everyone still loves Justin Bieber. You can't get away from Justin Bieber. And obviously, anytime she mentions anything, she's going to get, she's going to get compared. It's like Jennifer Anderson and Brad Pitt. No, mm-hmm. how, like, how many times, he's, how long he's been not married to her, had yeah, kids and everything else. Associated. It's like, oh, you must be so heartbroken about Brad Pitt after 20 years. She's like, no, I'm over it now. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? So, I can imagine. You bro. think Selena Gomez came off the internet I because she didn't want to see nothing about Justin Bieber? Just one of the things, though, and just, just yeah, one of the, and being compared or, or having to compare yourself to other people or what you're doing or what your life. Because like you might, you might enjoy just walking your dog, and somebody like, oh, that's a bit boring for for for, for an artist to do. But it's like that's what I love to do. So why do I have to worry about your opinion of what I'm doing? So that's what I think it is sometimes. The internet, uh, if it's if it's to do with that, if it's not to do with online shopping or that different stuff, but I think if it's to do with her as a human being, constantly being told and compared or asked questions that she doesn't, that she's probably tried to, she's trying to get over, I don't blame her for coming off it. Four and a half years, you know. We're not even just talking about like a year or six months. Four and a half years without the internet. Summer, could you do that? That's like mm, a quarter of I your wish life, I isn't I it? Could. Well, <laughs> I, I wish, I wow. wish. No, I Poor wish I could know. though. I wish I could, but I just think it's too, it's, it's too much on there. Like you're just, everything now is social media. Yeah. So I think it's too important now to, to take that much of a break, especially as like an upcoming artist, like you need it. Like you have to cling on to it for, for all your marketing and everything. So it's so important. We're not just talking about social media though. We're talking about the internet, the internet you know. When pe- when we talk about the internet, people just automatically think it's social media. There's more to like the internet than social media. Mm-mm. There's loads of things. You might have to like go and do some research. Yeah. You know, you might want to find out some information. You might, yeah, book a flight. Do you know what I'm saying? Four and a half years without the internet. But she's she's fortunate. She's rich. So yeah. she's got lackeys, people there, doing her stuff. Go. But we're just breaking it down. Yeah. Let's just go a year. A year without the internet. Could you do it, Summer Banton? No. I'm saying your whole name. I could not. I literally, <laughs> it's that serious. I could not. <laughs> a whole year. No, I couldn't. I couldn't. I wish I could. I could. Like, I, I try and I try and take breaks. Like, I could do two weeks. Like, if I want to focus on something or just I don't want to know what loads of people are doing or I just mm. don't want to hear everybody's opinion or what I should be doing. Yeah, it's the, then I'll take like as much time as I need. But then also I feel like people don't realize that they are like addicted, like using your phone, waking up, using your phone before you go to bed, using your phone. So mm. it, it becomes a habit. And I yes. think uh, everyone is at, like in some level, like addicted mm. to the routine of going on your phone and going on the internet. Like Selena Gomez, she says four and a half years without the internet is the happiest that she's ever been. But I wonder if it would actually cause more harm four and a half years without the internet. Are you speaking about yourself? Volatile. I mean, could you do it? Speaking about myself. You are speaking about yourself because that's you can't <laughs> deal with it. That's yeah, it why. seems to be coming from a personal <laughs> yeah, place. Yeah, it does seem to come from a personal <laughs> place. <laughs> like, I mean, I I, do you know what? Contrary <laughs> to popular belief, I don't even know if that's, I should even say that. I am a person that is very in control of my lifestyle. I have a lot of discipline. Do you mm. know what I'm saying? Mm. I could mention things. I have a lot of discipline. Mm. And I think that has helped me so much in my day to day, in everything that I do. Like my my career, interviewing, DJing, like presenting, and just living, like mm. um, graduating, education, like being a parent, like being a good son, and all that. Discipline for me has been a major thing in my life, and I'd say that's one of my mm. superpowers: discipline and motivation. Now back to the question, <laughs> Volatile. All right, could you go? Could you go four and a half years without the internet? No, um, that's <laughs> it. No, but. I think you hit the nail on the head there, right? 
her version of not being on the internet for four and a half yeah. years and mine are completely different. Yeah, she's got everything she needs. First of all, yep. she's already fully established, probably doesn't need, well, doesn't need to work again. Yep. Um, just, and a team of people around her. It's different from like little old me that needs to do his online banking and do the Tesco's <laughs> and that. Like, <laughs> it's a completely different world, yeah. that first of all. So no, and the thing is, even if you wanted to, maybe 10 years ago, you could be without the internet, but so many things have moved on to the point where you literally need it. You can't operate unless you're just gonna, unless you're gonna just go and live off the land or whatever. You literally need it to bank and do stuff. Yeah. And to communicate, yeah. Yeah. Like your TV, yeah. all of it. So if, if the internet went off. Yeah. So it's not, I'm not saying that I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to, like the idea of it. And I fully believe her that she's the happiest she's ever yeah, been. Me too. Don't get me wrong. Like mm. the, uh, I, t I take a social media break. I try to in, in January because it's <laughs> quiet for DJs. Really good time to just shut off. What did you take the whole month off? Uh, I take six weeks off. Um, wow. From the start of January to the middle of February, normally I have a Valentine's mix that I put out and that's when I sort of decide to re-engage. Mm. Yeah. That six weeks, mate, is bliss. Uh, you, is. You, you do get tempted. You pick up the phone and go, oh, that's a weird habit. Why am I going for my mm. phone? I, I've told myself I'm not doing this. Yeah. But if you delete the apps, right, delete the apps so you can't. So the, the process then becomes I've got to reinstall these apps and re-log in if I want to. And you just go, I'm not doing that, right? After three or four days, it becomes habit and you forget it, yeah. mm -hmm. right? You, I don't know if it's the happiest I've been or whatever. I think that's too dramatic. Mm. But I would say that you realize how much time you gain and you, you think you flick for five minutes. No, it's 20 minutes. <laughs> that five minutes you think <laughs> is 20 minutes. <laughs> then add up how many times you do it, <laughs> right? And that's two and a half hours. <laughs> <laughs> Getting those two and a half hours back every day and you're all of a sudden going for a walk and reading a book and, and it's still six o'clock and you're like, Bro, it, 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 it can change you. Mm. Don't get me wrong. So I fully believe her in the way that she said she's the happiest she's ever been. Mm. But it's different from her for her than it is yeah. for me. I can't just unplug from the matrix oh. like that. And I think there's, uh, again, there's a lot of examples of people, not the internet again, but more so social media, that say artists that or comedians or people like that say that I, I, I don't have it. I don't have social media. But the example is that they normally those guys have kind of made it. So if they put a tour out, it will probably sell through yeah. the, the ticket links and the, the ticket masters and the, or the venue. You know, they, mm. don't have to, they don't have to do much mm. in the way that they could, their career can kind of keep going. Mm. But if you're summer and you're trying to, like, uh, I'm, I, I'm new, I'm trying to break through, here's a new song. Mm. Uh, and what Terry said there about having, uh, without having a movement behind you, well, how do you create that movement? Mm. If you're just literally shut off, yeah. and then you go to someone, and they you go to someone in an industry meet and go, uh, and they go, all right, uh, throw your Insta in there, throw your Snap in there, and you go, I haven't got one. Yeah, yeah, Bruv, yeah. That, that's unacceptable. <laughs> yeah. If you're if you're trying to do something in this, what are you saying? They're going to look at you unprofessional, like you're unprofessional because yeah. you don't have social media. I, I think I think. How would they get people to see you? So website. That's controlled by your management. I'm just saying. Yeah, I'm no, not no, saying. No, I'm no. not saying. Let, that's let, the answer, let me give you an let me give you an example. Right uh, <coughs> in the DJ world, I I was I was fortunate enough to be offered a, a really good residency in Dubai, the biggest club there. I was I was boosting. I was so happy. Signed it. Did a year there. Like boosting. Great. Awesome gig. Huge artists every week. As a DJ, I was I was loving life. Right. About six months in, we we're just sitting in a meeting, and I said to them because they were looking for the next DJ to come through. And they said, uh, 
we were talking about it. I said, oh, well, how do you go about finding, like, how did you find me? How do you go? What's your process? And they said, well, we do this, we do it. And they tell, they, we, we look at certain things and we look at their Instagram followers. And, and I said, whoa, 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 stop. I go, you looked at my Instagram followers? Mm. And they said, yeah, if you didn't have that many, we wouldn't have considered you. Oh, wow. I'm like, oh, I didn't think it was that important. But now you're saying that because I had a few thousand in there, like that sort of ticked a box for you and then you went on to the next thing. Let's 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 see if he's any good on the mic. Let's see if he can scratch. Mm. Let's so if I if I if I wasn't on Instagram, if I had like, you know, a thousand followers or something, they wouldn't have considered me. Mm. And that to me sent me a message. It was like, no matter how much you even if you despise this stuff mm. while you're in this game and you're doing this, you have to at least engage to a certain extent. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that I have to share a reel every day and a, you know, it depends, that's down to- You have to have a presence. Yeah, yeah. And it depends about. how much presence you want. And I just want to add to that as well. Like, obviously we're talking about the fact that Selena Gomez said that she hasn't used the internet for four and a half years and she's the happiest she's ever been. Now, I don't know if, I've never, me personally, I know some people say, oh, I'm not on said social media platform because um, I don't want people to know my business. I've always believed in, controlling the output of your social media platform rather than letting it control me. Do you know what I'm saying? So why would I say I'm not going to have Facebook because I don't want to let people know my business? They're only going to know the business that I put on there. Do you know what I'm saying? So I think that's something important to also um, bear in mind. And also, again, controlling your social media. If there's, Don't follow said person if they have toxic posts yeah. have toxic or mute them. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Like... The unfollow is a deeper one still. If you know somebody well, the unfollow is a deeper yeah. one. But, but you can mute them and you can augment your social yeah. media. Why is the unfollow deep? It's take it. It's like leaving the WhatsApp group. Yeah, for some yeah, reason, yeah. for some reason, yeah. you can't leave the WhatsApp group. Uh, Why? It's like well, I just don't. So instead, yeah. we mute. tolerate it and mute, mute and for it, like a year, and, and it just rinses <laughs> your energy, rinses your battery. What am I doing? I just don't, and you yeah. can't just walk away from that yeah. WhatsApp group. But Why you not? can. This is the thing. You no, can. I feel like yeah. I feel like the WhatsApp group. We can leave the WhatsApp group because that's like leaving a party. Do you know what I'm saying? Like if I want to leave the party, I go home. Leave is such a dramatic thing. Oh, what's his name? I don't know where they People talk about you as soon as you go. If I want to leave, I'm leaving. But there you go. And you know what? This there is a deeper go. one as well, yeah? <laughs> Please don't it. judge me, yeah? But when it comes to leaving a party and you're like, right, SK's just gone. I've just gone because you see walking around to everybody. To everybody. Like, That's long, yeah. brother. And then when you're saying bye to everybody and then you get into a conversation and then you see a next person, <laughs> shall I say bye to that person? And then also it gets technical. Like you hug that person, you don't want to hug that yeah. person. Oh. But uh, just, I'm gone. I'm gone. I see like, see? so like I enjoy the time that I spend with you while I'm in the yeah, party. Yeah. Yes. So when it's time to go, I'm gone. Mm. See, so this you know is what I'm the, saying? So you know, it's funny. Like, the other day, I have this event that I do once a month at Chip Shop in Brixton and over my radio show. And every time I see it, I'm like, oh, I need you to come down. He goes, oh, yeah, but you didn't invite me. And like, my thing is, when you go on my social media, if you follow me and what, do, see what I do, what I do. Nah, Terry, nah. No, 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 you, not, not you. Go on, no, 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 no. I just, I know where you're going. No, but just, no, but listen, Jen, but listen, Jen, no, no, this is not about me. I'm just talking no, about I'm that not, idea. I'm not saying it's about me, no, but, but, but I know but where you're going. So what happened with my with my event, every last month, I've had people at Danelle and I've had Omar, I've had um. I had Kayla the other day. But all people that, not, that maybe not everybody necessarily always knows right now might, might not be having things on the radio. But every time people come to the event, they're like, oh my God, I can't believe I wasn't here for the last one. And my thing is, what I'm trying to get people back to is being there to feel it for themselves without me having to 
coerce you without me having to sell it to you. And then eventually you'll come back to other ones and you see when I put it up and go, oh, because none of the, I've not invited anyone to any of my events and they're all packed out every time. Mm-hmm. No, it's not like it's not no, no, no big numbers, but every time I was like, oh, so when's the next one? And I think that's what I want to get back because back in the day, I didn't know about maybe, you know, when people were putting things on. I would just go to something yeah, yeah. by word of mouth. Mm-hmm. And I, that's kind of where I'm, so I use it enough for me to put it up and say, oh, this is when it's happening. If you're paying attention to what I do, you'll come. If you see, don't, you I don't. thought you was going to say, because I put it on my social media, everybody should see no, it and no, then no, 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 when, no. when when someone says I didn't come and they say but but you're going to say it but I put it on my Instagram no, no, and, no. and they will say I didn't see it because you know that Instagram works in a different yeah. way algorithm and people, people don't see everything on everyone's post because I think again contrary to popular belief some people think that just because they put something on their social media that everybody sees it and knows yeah. like oh you know I put it on my social media <laughs> blah but, 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 I'm living my life as well I'm not on there every day all day looking at every day everyone's profile this is why I don't what I've trained myself is to not take things personal if someone does unfollow me someone doesn't look at my thing because I'm not doing it to get attention I'm doing you this I'm showing you man. I'm you showing can't, you how are you going to live like that if yeah. someone unfollows you you're going to sit there going, yeah, oh my god why did they follow oh, me you yeah. can't live like that man exactly so it got to a point where I've trained myself to this is my life if you're interested in my life you're going to pay attention if you're not it's fine and yeah. if, if I see you like oh by the way didn't and then you go back and go oh no I saw Terry the other day let me check out what she's doing mm. like, then that way it's organic because if I have yeah. to force it which is what happened to me then, then you end up doing things that you don't want to do. You end up getting depressed and you end up feeling like, oh, am I not good enough? People don't like it. Oh, I didn't do the right thing. And I realised when I started in this industry, I didn't know anything about the industry. I got into it, ended up getting signed because I loved what I did without knowing about who, who, without knowing who, who was, without knowing how many followers that person had. I just knew, oh, I connect with that person. This person's dope. Okay, let's keep working. If it worked out, it worked out. But mm-hmm. nowadays, people, as you said, they look, they bought you because they saw numbers before they even knew what you did. Mad. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. And it's going to continue happening, man. And that's why there's a whole social media hustle going on out there, man. And I feel like um, in the near future, um, on a podcast episode of OnSite, we are going to talk about the power of the influencer. But that's a whole nother discussion and debate. You know what I'm saying? Can we do without the internet for like six months, let alone four and a half years? I think most mere mortals probably (laughs) can't. You know what I'm saying? That's that's basically it, man. Mm -hmm. It's going to be like more of a flipping madness for us to do with that. You know what I'm saying? You get me? On-site podcast, SK Vibe Maker, Summer Banton, Terry Walker, DJ Volatile. We're in the building, man. It's a great episode today. You know what I'm saying? We're talking about things. It's undiluted. I just want to say, man, if this is your first time listening, check back the podcast catalogue. You know what I'm saying? Knowyourselfouthere.com. Knowyourselfouthere.co.uk. You can listen. You can watch. You could do either or. You could do it while you're on the toilet. You could do it while you're having a run, whatever. You know what I'm saying? However you like to listen or watch your podcast, man. Don't laugh. A lot of people are actually know, on I'm, their I'm, phone I'm on the I, toilet. I'm laughing. I'm on the toilet. Shout out to everyone. <laughs> Shout out to everyone on the toilet right now. Big up. Big up you. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I want to talk about the fact that um, there seems like, for the last few years, the UK music industry has been in a fantastic place. Yeah. And when we talk about the UK music industry, we are talking about, inverted commas, urban. You know, rap, like... R&B, drill, whatever, you know what I'm saying? <coughs> Grime, it's been all great, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's um, it's in such a great state that maybe some people have thought that it's always been like this. It hasn't, it just hasn't. Mm. If we rewind to like 2004, like if an artist got a major label deal and maybe 
penetrated the top 40 in the albums or maybe got a top 40 in the singles, that was a move. Yeah. Like now, if you ain't getting top 10 and spending some time in there, yeah. like you're looking at like, what, you signed to a major, you ain't getting top 10, like you ain't getting blah, 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 millions of streams a week. It's looking mad for you. But shouts <laughs> to the independent artists that are coming through and they're having that stability, that longevity, and they're making the music that they like to make and have creative control. Now, there is an insurgence of UK-based R&B popping at the moment. Mm. We've got Sam Banton in the building. She's a new artist. We've got Terry Walker that's been out here. We've got DJ Volatile, who is a DJ who likes to play a lot of R&B and soul. Now, what are we feeling about the state of UK R&B at the moment? Summer. Um, I love UK R&B. Um, I think being a UK R&B artist, it's, it's what I listen to most. Um, so I think it's amazing that like we've had these new artists come out. I think um, it's different as well because when I sort of compare it to US R&B, which I also do listen to, um, it seems like UK R&B artists, I feel like are more, like they think more out of the box. They like try and take risks, um, which I think, in America, it's all sort of similar sounding, um, but in the UK, you know, we've got like more soul leaning um, artists, um, people who like wanna like sing over more like trap beats is something that's sort of like grown as well. So I think there's sort of like a melting pot of different different okay. sounds, but it's all like R&B based and everyone wants to sing and talk about emotional stuff on their songs. So it's cool, it's really cool. I feel like I set a little bit of a trap for you and I should have maybe um, <laughs> asked the question at the beginning of this discussion point here. So you acknowledge and you accept the term UK R&B. Is that a thing for you? Yeah, acknowledge I love that? it. I love, I like you, it. You it's like that, you accept it. it. Because for some, for, for, for some DJs or um, industry people mm-hmm. or some artists, they're like, it's not UK R&B. Mm. I'm a UK-based R&B artist, mm. but they don't acknowledge it or respect it. Mm. Do you respect the term, Terry? <laughs> <laughs> um, do you know what? If I'll be honest with you... UK R&B. I don't... For me, because I come from a time where I just made music, innit? so it wasn't a UK thing, it was an American thing. It was just like, I'm making soul music, I'm making R&B. But then, even then, I think... I remember being somewhere one time and we was having a discussion with, with, with the younger generation and they didn't realise that Omar was English, they didn't realise that Sade was English, they didn't realise that Soul to Soul came from England. They thought that they were the first ones to bring England to the forefront and I was like, oh, you guys didn't know? And they didn't also understand how much how respected that they are in America. Like, um, um, when you see like... um. Um, Erica Badu and on people they look at Omar and even like India I mean, all the people that they you know that we that we look up to they look up they look at Omar they look at Soul to Soul and, and Misha Paris as, as people and Sade and Sade as God they're like oh my God but then for some reason the UK doesn't acknowledge that the like, younger mm. generation didn't realise that so and then we didn't look we didn't call it oh UK R&B back then it was just music so I Loose Ends as well Loose Ends do you know what I'm saying all those kind of people Loose Ends Donny Young Disciples do you know what I mean there's so many people mm-hmm. that I grew up on mm-hmm. and I, I, when I, cause I grew up in Germany I didn't even know that they, that they were from the UK neither so mm-hmm. I just saw them as music so I love the fact that it's called UK R&B obviously but it doesn't matter to me because if it's not good I don't care where it's from mm-hmm. if it's nonsense it's nonsense <laughs> so Big up Jazzy B, man. Soul to Soul, Jazzy absolute B, juggernauts when it comes to the you history understand? of UK Karen R and B, man. That was Karen Wheeler, man. That was that was played Don't in my household it. when I was growing up. Do you know what I'm Paris, saying? Like that was that was played in my household. Uh, how do you feel about the state of UK R and B at the moment? I mean, you're a UK, you're a R and B DJ, volatile. How do you feel about the state and and the term UK R and B? I don't, I don't, you know, I don't mind if people want to bracket, they yeah. can bracket. You know, it's cool if it if it just. 
allows them to put things in a certain box. I mean, if they want to, they want to. Yeah. Uh, it's just good music. Um, but I am, I am, I'm really happy that there's more. I mean, that there's more coming out of the UK, and there's a lot of really good quality stuff. Mm. And and I think when I, I think I said on uh, on Twitter once, which is, a, I mean, this is not going to end well. You already know. <laughs> I said on Twitter once. I think I said I said something once. It's like I think I don't know if I said UK R&B or R&B itself is better now than it was in the nineties, right? And you can imagine the eruption of mm. hatred that came for me, and that mm. how immediately the vitriol and cancellations came for me. But I genuinely believe <laughs> that. I genuinely believe that because somebody who Terry was talking about earlier, the the ability for a lot of people to just put music out now without the shackles, without meeting to. I need to meet that guy. How am I going to meet that guy? How am I going to shake hands and do that deal? That doesn't exist anymore. You can put music out, right? Mm. So there's far more out there. So naturally, there's at least there's more content. Yeah. And if you want to dig and find it, there are some gems, bro, mm. that, that might not have been around in the 90s and noughties. Mm. Don't, don't get me wrong. There's, there was plenty of amazing UK based R&B music, soul music and jazz in the 90s. I mean, it's, that's, that's my era, man. I, I love it all. But that's not to say that there's something really special happening now because people can just be at home, be somewhere like this, put a tune down, sing it well, and it's out, it's out. With, without any shackles. And then someone like me, who's digging and digging every week, can go, holy crap, what is this? Mm -hmm. And I can reach out to them and I can go, yo, I just heard this. I'm going to play this on my show. And they're, and they're like, oh, that's, that's so dope, bro. Let me do you a drop. And then they do me a drop and then it elevates it. And they say, I actually tuned in, bro. And then one of their mates who's doing something does a tune. They go, this guy Volatile's playing. He's doing a soul show on Twitch. You give it to him and he'll play it. And then mm -hmm. those people find and exponentially it grows. And mm -hmm. that's a beautiful thing that couldn't have happened back in that mm -hmm. generation. So I'm, I'm, I, love, I love the healthiness of it now. Uh, something that I alluded to earlier was it, it's not infiltrating the clubs because maybe it's just not club music. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's not it. But I mean, even the US stuff, to be honest, none of that is infiltrating the clubs. It's just mm -hmm. not about R&B at the moment in a nightclub. Mm -hmm. But does it have to be? Who, who cares? Well, we know, man, that this scene right here, this hip hop sort of base of a scene which a lot of things plug on top of whether it's like R&B and dance or in the UK, Afrobeats or whatever. It comes from like a hip hop stem. And we know that like the club is an important bit, man. If it's not popping in the club, then a lot is said about it. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm. But I just, we're talking about the insurgence of a lot of UK-based R&B artists at the moment. There's a lot. You know what I'm saying? There's a lot. There's a lot. <laughs> we got we got the top surface of like, you know what I'm saying? Your Georgia Smiths and your Mahalias and that. And then we got a lot of artists coming through, man. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Some of you are here, some are bad. And we got Jazz Carriage. We got Tiana Major 9. Like, yeah, oh, we got loads yeah. of artists, man. Do you know what I'm saying? So it's like, but I always feel like UK R&B hasn't been so successful commercially over the years. There's been a lot of artists and there's a lot at the moment, mm. but actually crossing over mm -hmm. like having big artists that i mean you made great music terry mm -hmm. but like you never had major success yeah. like like a freaking like a like a craig david, craig david. like we, we, we're talking about a handful well. mm. of like uk-based r&b artists that have had that massive success or say, great you know, success it's so funny when people say that to me because when people say oh you're so underrated oh you know i'm like it's mad to me because how can i be underrated when i'm still working with the people that are doing things right now, do you know what I mean? And I still respect, because when I look at children and these people, are like, oh, they, they, they should be getting so much more support. 
they're, 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 they're um, respected and saluted by people like Salam Remy, De La Soul, people that are actually doing this. Do you know what I'm saying? When they did their, sh- their show at that Brixton um, in um, in um, I, I, um, the thing, the fridge in Brixton. Is it fridge? Is it called fridge? Uh, it's called the, the electric. Electric. electric it was sold out. And remember, Brixton's a very hard crowd to do because remember, it's I like, was there. It was insane. It, it was insane. Mm. And so, and I think for even for them, for them to understand, listen, doesn't matter how long it takes, you guys, you're hitting the right notes. I think right even people. they were surprised, they by, were surprised the, by the levels. Because I was in the backstage with them, and they were like, "Yo, this." Because remember, after after lockdown and everything else, and then they, they missed out a lot of the tours and stuff. And but that crowd, because they're from Manchester, so it's not mm-hmm. they're not from London. So mm-hmm. the way that London crowd gave them love. So I mean, to me, you've made it. You're successful right now because if you can make the people that do this, so forget a club, forget any of those things. The more we keep pushing that, they're gonna get to the club. They're gonna. Mm-hmm. It's all gonna start happening. But it's it's for us to kind of make sure that we keep protecting our own and keep pushing it. It's not. It's not. Don't worry about the mainstream. Mainstream will come. It takes a the while. The mainstream will come. But I, I still want to get back to the point that we are looking like a handful of artists over like maybe sort of thirty years. Yeah. There's few and far between when it comes to like your Craig Davids. You know what I'm saying? Like we're mentioning like. <sighs> You mentioned Sade and Soul yeah. to Soul and all them. You're going back. Sade was like started in the 80s. Yeah. Soul to Soul was like circa 1990, early 90s. But then when you're talking about like other artists like Craig David, his debut album came out in the year 2000. Do you know what I'm saying? Then we got like your Beverly Knights. We got your Charlotte Amars. We got like, I mean, do you want to put um, Tayo Cruz in there? Like mm. Emily Sande. Like now you've got Georgia Smith. Like we... There's few and far between artists that have the big visibility and that like make maybe a few al- albums on a major label and are visible on the charts. But think about it, that's the same with any genre though, because you need to think about indie. Coldplay is probably like one of the only few people. There's not that many because the thing is to make great music, it's not going to keep happening. Constantly. It's not going to happen all the time. And, okay, and okay, it's, and it's not supposed to. All right, I'm talking about UK-based R&B versus the other black subcultures. Then because when it comes to like UK rap. Grime, like we can mention quite a considerable is, is, amount of artists. Is your, that is your benchmark though yeah, that yeah. they are killing it in the states? Yeah, because there's a true. different benchmark. Whether not are that they they're killing it in the states, not. I'm talking about the home base here and then being visible and then Fuck like and and, and, and charting. Mm. Like, why do we see limited crossover success from UK based artists? Because some of them are not that great to cross over. I'm sorry, oh, simple. It's, oh, for real. On, let's be real. Some like I think Skeptophobia to me is one of the first people. I think everybody, especially with the grime scene, mm. that when I looked at it and I saw, saw that, movie, I was thinking, yo. Jesus, because every song it was so honest. It, that's why I think he even crossed over to the states with with ASAP Rocky and stuff because mm. he makes bangers. But makes okay, bangers. but then all of the UK rap ain't great. But there's a lot of crossover. Yeah, there's some, mm. but no, no, but no, why no, is but there not a lot of UK based UK based R and B that crosses over? Because like again, that, then? maybe there hasn't been that record that has been that great. Because when it is, it but will, there it isn't. There isn't. Then we could we could debate about how many of the UK rap records are great, but many of them crossover but, no, of course, but, but there's a difference between something being great and something being um, undeniable you know it just seems like there's something when it comes to UK based R&B which is somewhat of an obstacle or a block can mm-hmm. I chip in a little bit here yeah. mm-hmm. so there are some absolute gem R&B records that are plenty good enough mm. to get the attention of the world yeah and I dig man like I've got a weekly show and I dig hundreds of records I listen to every week right but it may just be down to support. So, mm-hmm. for example, yeah, like let's look at drill, right? So the, the drill industry is absolutely going off. Uh, there's people touring Europe, and maybe, maybe, maybe it'll be bigger than that. We look at Central Sea, one of the hottest acts at the moment, and 
the guy is going to tour and smash everything. Mm. But there's quite a lot of support there, right? You've got... You talk about a support network, yeah? yeah? yeah. Just just generally support. I'm not talking about him and his lot. So yeah, that. But also there's media outlets, yeah. right? So you've got uh, GRM and Link Up and all of these things and YouTube outlets. And there isn't that much for UK soul jazz and That's R&B. There's, there's not many places for them to perform live. I'm going to try and put that right myself soon in the coming months and try and give people a platform to do that. But there's no massive YouTube channel going, here's this jazz singer, here's uh, Olivia Dean, or here's, you know, Lando, or I mean, even even to the point of Cleo Soul or someone like that, who mm. you think that's numbers. There's, yeah. not, there's nowhere near that much support than there would be for the drill and hip hop and Afrobeat artists. Cleo Soul's doing her thing though. Yeah, okay. A lot of people she, might not recognise, yeah, 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 Cleo yeah. Soul's yeah. doing her thing. She's doing her thing on the low though. Yeah, so like, there you go. Maybe it's not crossed over and it's visible, and it but be. she's doing her thing. But there aren't many artists that are not, either not crossing over and not visible, or not visible, mm. that are, are having a good career but you know surviving, what? making a good living. Do you know what I also do think? What hinders it though? It's the moment that, oh, we need to help these and it needs to be so... Un Those words kind of, it kind of, um, it's counterproductive as well because the yeah. moment you start making out, oh, there's no support for this. It's a straight way people go, oh, well, why, why isn't there? Maybe it's not good enough. Sometimes you just put it on, just put on shows, just let people be seen without having to make it this big thing about... Because I think when, I'm not obviously keep going back to grammar as well, but you guys weren't asking people to give for, for permission. You just, you just did it. We need to stop asking people for, for permission to be seen and, oh, you know yeah but again I'm, I'm again it just seems like there's a difference in the way that like um grime and rap mc driven culture is processed and received versus like vocals then yeah. and uk it's different energy but mira may made a really good point she said something recently i think it might have been on a bbc interview i think i saw that yeah, yeah i think she said something something I, i'm not quoting directly here but she said something to the end of when uh, a, a rapper or a uk based any kind of any kind of spoken music like that, rap or drill or whatever, when they put an album out, the world seems to sort of come up behind them and go, yo, support yeah. my guy, yeah. like this, yeah. this, this, yeah, this. And everybody's go. sharing and, and there's, a, there's a drive Before for it. But if But if Mira May puts an album out, there's not this massive influx yeah. of people behind her going, yo, have you heard this? You need mm -hmm. to listen to this. Mm -hmm. like, so, and, and I think... I think she put it in in the context of male versus female rather than rap versus R and B. Okay, and there may be some of that in there. There I may well be. Some let of me that in flip there. that argument on the head then. So you're talking about male versus female. So like, but Western, for <laughs> me, yeah, the greatest R and B UK based R and B collective this country's ever seen. That's what I'm saying right here. You can see my face if you're watching the visuals, and you can hear me very clearly. Western. I mean, what other names are we bringing into the realm for greatest UK-based R&B act? Oh, what uh, other names are we bringing? Because for me, no, 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 but I'm just saying, uh, for me, they're the best. Yeah. They're the best that we've ever seen in this country. Whatever. Are you talking about? I'm, I'm talking ever. Are you talking about a group? I'm a, talking about ever. A, uh, yeah. a group? Yeah, a group. I'm talking about ever. Like, So throw some names if you can. But I'll, I, I, I'm mentioning them, and then I want to say like, Damage. but Damage. they, but the, <laughs> now hold on, hold on. Hold on, 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 hold on. Damage, look at that. Damage ain't as good as Western. I just want to say that. They're different. I just want to say, all good. Shouts to Damage and that. Western are better. Western haven't made something to the level of ghetto romance. Yeah. 
They haven't. It's true. That's it, upper it, it echelon, had, um, top tier. They've, they've made level some big music. tunes for the. Um, for the I think for the younger okay. because I think it's more. I'm not. Nothing. I love their music. I, 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 I think. I think. I think Western have got ten bangers bigger than Ghetto. Ghetto. What's it no, called again? Right Ghetto Romance. Right Ghetto Romance. Right right I remember the song. Right I remember the song. I reckon Western have got ten bangers, and obviously we're gonna have to wait for time to pass. Yeah, that's the point. Ghetto Romance has had like. When did that come out? In the nineties. Late nineties, isn't it? It came out like late nineties, so it's had like twenty plus years. So. And so that's one we, song, but mm. that's one song. You, I don't think you can mention five songs by them. No, I don't no, think I don't you can. Think so that's one song. Get a romance. So I reckon, give it another ten, fifteen years, and we'll see how this Western, Western music ages over time. Mm. But they'll, they'll probably I just have more. Say, of, they'll probably have more of a catalog. Yeah, yeah. but I just want to say, I just want to say, different time and that way the music is celebrated and, and, and remembered and blah blah blah. Of course, that as well perspective. But I just want to say, Western in all the greatness, I don't feel like they got the support as well. But so I want to I, I want to blow out the the male versus female thing by yeah. just saying Western are males, I and know. I don't I think, think they, they got do. the support. I think they still do. And again, this is the thing: what support do you need? You've got your movement, keep pushing them. Support they got. They, I think when Western come out, anything they come out with, everyone's ready for them. So then it's about you can't, can't focusing on your people, stop worrying about other people. This is my thing. I think when it comes to these things, it's all about the support from you. Your people are supporting you. Keep pushing that with your people, because mm. this is the thing being on the ground, being on the Brits. Like the moment you start caring about those things, that's when it kind of takes away from what you're doing. Because it means, what, what, why are you doing it for? Then you're doing it for, to, to make these people like you, or because you're doing it because you genuinely love what you do. So that's what I think. All right. Last week we um, debated off the back of you know Will Smith versus Chris Brown. Uh, <laughs> I, I quit saying Chris Brown. Will Smith I know, I versus Chris Rock. Chris Rock. They're totally different guys oh, at like the Brown Oscars. So we debated him. about the relevance <laughs> of award ceremonies. Yeah. So the Brits have now incorporated R&B into the pop oh, category. God, How does that make you feel as a, um, a new R&B, UK-based R&B mm. artist? How does that make you feel? I think it's, it's very demoralising because I feel like people need to realise that obviously completely different and obviously people who are genuinely doing r&b and the classic r&b that we all love mm. like there's no there's no visibility there's no mm. access for them yeah. because it's just being combined when they're literally completely was it different. was it an actual r&b category before a standalone category i don't actually know they ever had one before, okay so, so not, the, not the brits nah, so, no so 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 now they've just said that instead of like whether they had one before or not they're just saying that the r&b category is just in pop they're just seeing as like r&b artists will just be put in the pop category yeah that's the category and who won there. it didn't they so who won it this time i can't even someone remember. like julie or something that won could it could have right? been <laughs> so they, what's the point it's like you're mm. doing it you're doing it because oh, so, we're forcing you to do this but we don't really want to do it so why i don't want to do i don't want anyone to do anything that they don't want to do yeah. So you're either doing it because you want to do it Mm. And this is why this is why it doesn't matter the Brits all that stuff. Bless them. It's nice to be obviously it's nice to be nominated and awarded, but it doesn't mean anything if they don't really want. You don't you have there. to be nice. Yeah, <laughs> like, I felt like you were sticking it in there yeah. just to be nice. I, I am being <laughs> nice. Them, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's important for people to understand. Stop going to places where you where you're not wanted. You're like not wanted. seriously, it's enough. Summer is that discouraging for for you as a you know a new UK based mm. R and B artist coming in? The I game? think I mean I've always like since I was little like watching the Brits is something that I've always like aspired to and dreamed to be like recognized. But if they're not going to recognize what I love, then then it's not something that necessarily like people want to attain like people want to attain anymore they'll just do their own thing and you know get the support of people that actually want to support them and and platforms like for example mobos and all these new awards that are like catering towards like urban music black music r&b so that's what people will love her. 
Is oh, this wow. one of the richest eras that we are seeing for UK-based R&B? Because like I said, Probably. they mm. feel like there has been an insurgence. Mm. An insurgence. I've got love for you. You know that somewhere, mm-hmm. isn't it? Like, as a new artist coming <laughs> through because I played your music and we've done an interview before. You know what I'm saying? I don't have to interview nobody. I interview <laughs> artists. There are some artists that I interview. I'm just like, all right, let's try this out or whatever. Or <laughs> I do it as a favour or whatever. But mm. the majority of the artists I interview is because I like their music and I liked your music. That's Thank why we you. had That's that conversation there. I just want to say though as well, there are some sick, some sick UK based R and B artists coming through. Do you mm, know what I'm saying? Mm. Do you feel like there's some names that you have to mention? Uh yeah. Uh there are there are loads. I mean, there's there's some that I that you might not know, some of the kind of like proper undercover ones. Mm. Uh, lots of them you'll know. There's a there's a kid from Landel uh, from uh, Birmingham called Landel who's amazing. Mm-hmm. He's just doing some he's doing amazing stuff. Let me have a look at the old DJ laptop here. Yeah. See what we got. Yeah, See what we got in the UK category. For, art, for artists that have put out projects, though, so far, like let, artists let, that have put out projects, let, I think Tiana Major Nat. Cleo Soul and, Tiana go, Major and go back to the awards, right? And go back to that awards mm. conversation. Cleo Soul last year put out comfortably, and don't at me and don't test me on it, <laughs> comfortably <laughs> the album of the year. Mm. Comfortably. It's insanely good. Mm-hmm. Like the levels, like 11 out of 10. She's got no chance of winning that pop stroke R&B award. Mm-hmm. Zero chance because of the pop artists that are in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what's the point? Yeah. And we should mention the album Mother you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And the stuff with Salt that she's done. Mm-hmm. She's singing the Salt. With salt, salt which salt. apparently we're not supposed to know S-A-U. that she's Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> I you spell it, you spell it S-A-U-L-T, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, think, I think it's a secret. But oh, yeah. is it? I was meant to be uh, I don't know. Well, if you're But you know, one thing before we came, you know, um, Bob Marley in his lifetime never was nominated or, or, or won an award wow. in his lifetime ever until he was passed. That's why they keep giving mm. him his lifetime achievement mm. award. So that's, that tells you everything about. Yeah, but what does that mean? You want to die before you get. No, um, but my point is, Bob Marley. I know, I know the notorious BIG said you're no, nobody no, but, till but, somebody kills you. But any awards, so Bob Marley's one of the biggest artists, still is one of and was even in his life whilst he was doing it. He didn't care about it. He used to kept doing what he was doing. So mm. people caring about award ceremonies don't mean nothing. Bob Marley's still one of the most important artists, I think, genuinely. So. I, I think for me the awards thing because obviously I'm not I'm not involved in the awards game and and I don't care I'm never going to win any of those things as a DJ. Yeah, no, but do. <laughs> don't know. But um, I think one year I think the Mobos. This is when I checked out of it, mate. <laughs> I think the Mobos had a best ringtone category. Oh my god! And Marcus Houston won it, right for a, a for his song that got made into a ringtone. You remember he used to pay three quid. For a mm. ringtone. Oh yeah. Oh, do you remember that? Yeah. Sorry, you remember yeah. That? I remember by when like the early days of iPhone buying yeah. ringtones. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So, so, so that's all the suckers who bought a ringtone. I never <laughs> ever did that. No disrespect to you though. Still. Or for the wallpaper <laughs> thing. So so that guy that guy won an award not for the song but for the ringtone version of his song oh and then gosh. he's got a, he's got to accept that award. It just it was just like oh mate what is it? And they put it in because it was trendy and I was I'm checked out of awards at this point. Um. But yeah, loads of artists. Um, Sinead Harnett. Mm. Um, oh yeah, yes. Sinead Harnett, man. It's amazing. Big up. Mm-hmm. Uh, who who else is there? Um, Jordan Rakai. Obviously, you all know Ella May Coltrane. Mm-hmm. Uh, children of Zeus. They're yeah. children of. Oh man, of come on, ladies. To me, if I'm of course they're the best act mm-hmm. ever. I think, if I'm concerned. There's so many, and uh, but, but, uh, you alluded to one of the things that you said earlier about perhaps you have to travel to the states to get the recognition you deserve. Those guys know the Sade levels, right? Mm-hmm. You, I mean, any artist or comedian or actor, they they celebrate Sade because of the of the level of music. Mm-hmm. But does Mahalia have to go over there to get any kind of recognition that she deserves? Does mm-hmm. Tiana Major Nine have to go and support? Who's she supporting? Jasmine, Jasmine Sullivan. Sullivan. Yeah. yeah. 
Does she have to go and do that? I just want to take this moment. I, I, I just, I think Tiana Major Nine's the best. I just so think good. she's so the best. Good. I think she's just sick, bro. I think she's so, I, I, do you know, like, she's so good, yeah, that every time she's about to release something, I'm like, please don't let me down. Oh, it just can't be as good as before. And then she releases the song Two Seater. And I'm like, bro, like, she's just like, she's levels, man. I, I don't want to put so much pressure on Tiana Major 9 to where, like, I just, I, I'm, you know what? Me personally, when it's artists like them, I'm happy for the music they've released already mm -hmm. that you've actually given us that. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? Because her music's great. And the reason why I, I sort of, I think it's important that we sort of, I don't want to say judge, but uh, the reason why I'm putting an emphasis on Tiana Major Nine is because she's released a couple of projects. So until artists release a few projects, mm -hmm. I feel like they're up, it's just early for them. Like yeah, even for yeah. you, Summer, like yeah, yeah. until you release projects, then it's like, you're still like... And you're pushing yourself differently, not doing the same thing. Like mm -hmm. you're going somewhere different. Cause that's what it's about. Mm -hmm. as, you said, as you said before, sometimes you might hear something right now, it might not hit you yet, but then eventually it will. Cause sometimes it doesn't have to hit you because it's, but it just has to know it's something different, but there's something here. I think she's got that, Tiana. Mm -hmm. I'm just waiting for her to give us that one crazy record, though. That, mm -hmm. That's what I'm waiting for. Yeah. I mean, I feel like she's had a couple crazy records already. No, she's already. had some dope records. The but song I with think Earth Gang. Yeah, Mad. wasn't that Grammy, is, Grammy is, nomination? You know what I'm saying? Grammy nominated. Like so she's got, a, a, the song's called Collide. That Collide song's special. She's got a song mm. called Lucky. She's got joints, I like man. in the same room as well. But I know, I think they're beautiful records, but I think there's one record. You know, like, as you said, like, with the Jasmine Tullers, when you hear Tigers and Lions and Bears, mm. you know what I mean? You know what I mean? Like, I'm talking that, and this, this is not about just her being American. It's just that about just there's a level of this is beyond everything. It's, it's not about being English. It, there's being great black. and there's like untouchable, yeah, yeah. 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 Like seminal black, records. Female mm. or, or male, it's about that record. Lauren Hill. There's, there's something about just that record. What's your Lauren Hill song? <laughs> Did you know what? For me, I mean, there's so many. I think for me, it's, it's not even just a song, it's Lauren Hill. Mm. If it's about when I saw her on um um Sister Act Two, <sighs> it was her. It's everything about Lauren. It's yeah. it's no, you know what for me is is um it's Nappy Heads the to remix. It's even hearing her come on from there. The Fuji song. The Fuji song mm. where everything about Lauren Hill is just she's it. So Lauren no Hill special says, she, man. She, she that, that that guest verse that she had on the Nas tune. Oh God, it was yes. a madness. Well, the, recent, the recent, the yeah. recent one. Yeah, 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 she said everything that she needed to say. That was a madness. Though. That's a madness. And she Won't said apologize for my lateness. She said. Yeah, trust me. But the thing is, at the same time, we know yes, it's from what she's but she's explaining to you why she was there. Yeah, why, yeah, why yeah. exactly that? Yeah. And I think a lot of people listen to it. Oh, she's so arrogant. I'm like, you guys don't understand what she's gone through. Mm -hmm. And even that album, no one even she was she wasn't even meant to make the Demis Education. She had so much things against her, but a lot of people don't realize how much she had against her making an album. But again, if you don't know the backstory, you're just thinking, oh. It's a shame that we only got one album. I just want to say that. It's just very minor asterisks. I, I mean, it's, yeah, it's a great, flawless. 1998 album came out, she's still, she's touching all the time. When she said, Lauren is only human, I think I haven't been through the same predicament. It's when she got me, because she's saying, listen, I'm not preaching at you. I'm letting you know, I've been here, mm. done that. But listen, and everything she's done so far, be it from Adele to everyone, they have been influenced by Lauren Hill. That mm -hmm. album has influenced everybody. To me, to you probably, mm -hmm. do you know what I'm saying? And it's still going to keep influencing people. So The Miseducation of Lauren Hill in 1998. If you haven't listened to it, it's one of those great albums that you need to listen to sometime okay. in your life. You know Definitely. what I'm saying? Because I've listened to The Miseducation, but I've never listened to The Score. But that's a whole there other conversation. The go. Score is the Fuji's album, by the way, the second but again, album. What? You, you, you haven't Lauren. listened to The Score? No. Well, are you going to judge me for that? <laughs> No, I just, I, I just think it's, a, it's, just, it's just a, a seminal album that I think uh, you've you've heard the music. You that's can't, that's the thing. You can't yeah. avoid that's the music. Do you know what it is? I've heard probably all of the songs. I've never sat down and listened oh, to the score. Yeah. Never listened right. to the score as an album. 
Like yeah. never put I it on and press play on it. it. So Don't own the album either. So what was your journey through that then? Because you must have, it, it came out and it was the hot thing. Did you just ignore it? Did you just put it to the side? Or I don't think I was listening to rap at that time, man. All oh, oh, right, okay. No, no, I wasn't listening to rap at that time. What did that come out? 1996? 96, yeah. No, no, no. no, no as, as a youth, man, I was listening to jungle and, and, and reggae <laughs> dancehall music. <laughs> Hip hop was there as well still. I think like them times there, the only rappers are like, that was around me. I remember someone giving me, what, what was the score 95 or 96? 96. It was 96. So that, same year yeah one of the olders in our ends he gave me that um me and my, my me and my friend that used to hang out he came and gave us a, um a, a, he gave us a tape i think and it was um it was it was it was um what's what's the album now there was two albums that i was given that year muddy waters oh. red man and it was nas um what's the second album it was written no no it, it was it was the second album called been, it was written yeah, it was written. Yeah, yeah, I was given it up. Those are the two albums I was given. Yeah, two albums I was given in 1996. So that was your intro to Muddy Not my intro. Probably around that time that I started taking things seriously. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you're more of an R&B guy, anyway. So I'm not more an R&B guy. <laughs> so so what? Then? What the hell? <laughs> nah, bro. So when we talk about miseducation, yeah, right. You you were you were uh, going on the on the direction of trying to get us to select your Lauren track, right? What's your Lauren track? Is it more rap or, more, or is it more song? Because that'll be a really. It's my Lauren song, Lost Ones. Oh. Sorry, sorry, it is hip hop. Yeah, yeah, Lost Ones, man. I, I played it the other day on my show. It's ridiculous, isn't it? Trust the me. way it comes in is just. Funny how money yeah. changes situation. So, moral of the story: basically, maybe UK-based R&B will do a bit better if it has more support and there's more of a network in the UK. Maybe that, like how how the grime and the UK drill and all that supported. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, do you know what I'm saying? That sounds like kind of the thing, innit, Terry? What are you saying on it? 100%. That's what it is. We just need to stop waiting for other people to give us things. We need to, you need to put the work in how we did back in the day. White labels. You had, you had to hear you heard, you heard stuff. You had to just put the work in. Plug that T-shirt you got on. you got a yes, definite sick this T-shirt, t-shirt today. This is for my, um, my boy. Oh, it's just audio. It's not for visual. Sorry, there's oh, no visual. Okay. <laughs> Pirate, Pirate Movies Club. So check out Pirate Talk it in the mic then. Um, oh, Pirate Movies Club. It's a t-shirt where they basically, um all your favourite pirate movies, well, not pirate movies, but all your favourite, you know, old school, like Boys in the Hood, set it off, and they're making like these animated t-shirts, which are just like what you like unique one-offs. That's and dope. I need one of those. Yeah, I'll, I'll let him know. He'll definitely mm-hmm. come. When's your project coming out, Summer? Um, Hopefully at the in the last bit of this year. Um, So my deadline for recording everything is the end of May, so... There's a whole load of songs that I need to pick from, but yes, very exciting. So we're going to get that debut project 2022, yeah? Yes, yes, Sick. indeed. Volatile, what do they need to know? Uh, so uh, on on my side, I do, I do a stream every Sunday called The Soul Kitchen. It's on Twitch, which is basically, people that don't know what Twitch is, it's basically like YouTube. And it's uh, it's a live show and we uh, we foreground UK soul and R&B music uh, and I go digging. I really go digging every week. I spend a lot of time and I find... Lots of UK and US soul that you really should know about and it's going to fill up your hard drive. It's really good stuff. It's on Twitch every Sunday at 1pm and just search for DJ Volatile on Twitch. That's the thing that I like to say today. Sick, sick man. Oh, I forgot. And also, I've got some music coming out that's going to be produced by Children's Zoos. Um, it's not that many songs, but I can't wait for you guys to hear it. This is before the end of the year as well. Just Terry Walker speaking, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> Straight up, man. We put you on, man. Some exciting things for the future. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? On-site podcast, SK Vibe Maker, Summer Banton, Terry Walker, DJ Volatile. It's been a great episode today. You know what I'm saying? Ah, oh, yeah. Know yourself <laughs> out here. <laughs>